Okay, we're both said we're on Dafnu and Hayamadal. We're starting from Dafnu and Dal and base, ten lines from the bottom. Uh, Rav Papa Amar, we might have read this line at the beginning. I said I don't remember, but we'll go over. We've been we've been dealing with apparent contradiction uh, in Rabbi Yochanan, where on the one hand he said that Tishabav is forbidden already from uh, from the Benish Mashas during the twilight time, and the fact that he said that Tishabav is different than the severe fasts in uh, time, the severe public fast in in Eretz Israel. Which sounds like what that it should be uh, is different. Which sounds like what that it should be permissible during twilight. We have to see what's that, how can he say that it's forbidden during twilight and yet it's different than the severe public fast in Eretz Israel. But Papa, Marah, Papa says the following: You can resolve the contradiction this way. When we said that Tishabov is not like the severe public fast, what does it mean? It's not like it's not like the early ones. They had they had different uh, ascending levels of severity as the rain. Didn't come, so it means it's not like the first ones. Because in the first ones, okay, in the beginning of the winter, when basically makes makes a fast in Eretz Yisrael, uh, where where the where the twilight is permissible, Elokachbonus. It's not like the in other words, it's not like the first fast, but like the later fast, Rasura, and it is forbidden banish Masha. So that's that, now it's good. In other words, it's different than the early fast in Eretz Yisrael, not different than the most severe ones, but different than the early ones where banish Masha is where, where twilight is permissible, and in the case of Tishabov, it's forbidden. Basically, basically, when it's a kasha, one second, he says, we have a kasha to everybody, we said, we learned that there's no difference between Tishabab and Yom Kippur, except that the doubt, in the doubtful case in Yom Kippur is forbidden, and the doubtful case in, in Tishabab is permissible. So what do you mean that the doubtful case is mutter? When's the doubtful time? During twilight, we don't know if it's the nighttime or if it's the daytime. So isn't that exactly the point that it's saying by by by, by Yom Kippur, the doubtful time twilight is forbidden, but by Tishabov, the doubtful time twilight is permissible? So how can you say that the doubtful time is forbidden? You're making a mistake. The doubtful time is not talking about, about twilight time. Whether it's the Yom Kippur or whether it's Tishabav, the twilight time is forbidden. When do we say the doubtful time is permissible by Tishabav? We mean to say, let's say, when we don't know when Rosh Chodesh was. So now, by, so now we don't know which day is going to be Yom Kippur. So by Yom Kippur, theoretically, you're going to have two days of Yom Kippur. And but by, but by, by Tishabav, we're not sure when Rosh Chodesh was. We're not going to have two days of... There's not going to have two days of uh, of uh, Tisha B'av. Ah, the Gemara says, one second. He says, but one second. He says, but hold the whole devarim zeh bezeh uh, 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 You want to tell me what? But now that you told me what that the, that the only difference between Yom Kippur and Tisha B'av has to do with the doubtful time. But in every other way, Tisha B'av and Yom Kippur are completely equal. Okay, Masayele Rabbi Lazar. This would support Rabbi Lazar. Dama Rabbi Lazar, who said, also the law of the that's probably on Tisha B'av. A person can't even dip stick his finger into water on Tisha B'av. Just like he can't put his finger in water on Yom Kippur. So Mar said, "One second, but I have a problem. Macy Bay, I have a I, I, Macy Bay, I have a problem. How can you tell me what that is completely forbidden to put your finger even in water on Tishabab? Didn't we learn in Tishabab that Tana Sibur We learned in a Brisa that we said what that there's the only difference between Tishabab and the severe public fast is that this one you cannot do 
work. Okay, where's the severe public fast? You cannot do work. And, and, and this one, Tishabov, you're allowed to do work in a place where, where people were accustomed to do it, as long as that was the custom. But that's also going to, that's going to imply that in terms of everything else, when it's not work, the severe public fast and Tishabov are exactly the same. But yet we learn when it comes to Tanis Sibur, we learn that uh, the Tanis Sibur, but the severe public fast in Eretz Israel, but said when they, they said when it's forbidden to wash, it's only washing the whole body. But his face, hands, and feet are not are not are not forbidden to wash on 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 their own. So therefore, how can you tell me what the Chaim Rebbeinu say that on Tisha B'av, and a tissue bulb, you can't even stick your finger into cold water. We said it's going to be, it's going to be like the like 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 the like the public fast. Um, Rav Papa, so Rav Papa said, no, he said, Tana kulik kulik Tani. So you're making a mistake. When we said when we when we were learning these two brayses, okay, it's talking about the it's talking about it's talking about the uh, it's talking about the leniencies of Tishabov. First, it taught that what that Tishabov is not more lenient than Yom Kippur. And, and uh, 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 pardon me, first, it's talking about. Uh, um, um, that the Tishubav is not more lean than Yom Kippur, except in one case. They hear that if it's a suffix, if it's Tishubav, okay, you're allowed, to, you're permitted, permitted. If it's suffix, Yom Kippur, you're forbidden. Okay, and then it talked about that Tishubav is not more lenient than the, than the public fast, except when it comes to working. Okay, the, that, by, that by public fast, you don't work. And by Tishubav, wherever the midnight gets to work, you can work. Okay, like, like, like we said. Okay, but you can't say from there what that, 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 what we said, as but now you want to make it. You want to make an inference, but coming to the stringencies of Tishabov, that it's equal to the tiny seabor, okay, the equal tiny seabor, and that even though okay, and even though Tishabov is more lenient at the tiny seabor as when it comes to working, it's quite possible that what that it's more severe when it comes to when it comes to, when it comes to washing. When when did we say there's no difference? We meant in the leniencies. In the leniencies, there's no difference except except that what the Tishabov is more lenient than the fact that you can work where it says. But it doesn't mean that. But it doesn't mean that. There's no differences in its in its stringencies. Okay, it's quite possible what that by Tana Sibur uh, uh, is more severe in the stringencies than Tana Sibur. That by Tana Sibur uh, it, it's it, it, it's also to wash the whole body, and a tissue above, it's also even to stick his hand into water. So we said at the end of our Mishnah. In any case, Tamil Chachamim are accustomed themselves, no matter what the Minag is, not to work on Tishabav. So the Gemara says like this The Rabbishim Gamliel said that everybody should conduct himself like a Tamil Chacham. So it means to say what? I mean, everybody's going to everybody be showing off, uh, being haughty, showing the tail like a Tamil Chacham. So it means the Rabbishim Gamliel doesn't worry that by that. By you not working, you're, you're, being, you're being presumptuous, like you're a big, like you're a big person. And the rabbis who said, no, the rabbis said, Wherever the minag is not, you don't. And even if you're not a tamachacham, you don't do it. Didn't we learn the opposite? We really saw that the rabbis are usually worried that people are going to look presumptuous, look haughty, and Rangamliel is not. Why? And probably usually see that what? The opposite, that the, it's the rabbis who do worry about it, Rabbi Gamli, who doesn't worry about it. The Tanan, because we learned in the famous case, we said that even though what, that it's difficult for a, new, a newly married person to, to, uh, to, to concentrate, but if he wants to, he can read the Kriyashma on the first night that he's married. Rabbi Gamli says, no, he, he says, you can't, not everybody wants to take on the name of, a, of an outstanding person, uh, Yitol. You know, not everybody wants to take, he can take that name. He, he, he looks 
like he's showing off. He's going to show that he can have he can have intention. But normally, a normal groom is too is too preoccupied with his mitzvah to say kriyashma properly. You see, we see there the, the other way. There, Ram Gamliel was worried that he's going to look presumptuous, and the rabbis were not. And over here, Ram Gamliel is not worried he's going to look presumptuous. Everybody can conduct himself like Dhamma Chacham. The rabbis say, no, you can't. That's going to be presumptuous. And Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, no, don't worry. Okay, uh, uh, there's a mistake. You have to reverse. You have to, you have to reverse the opinions. He says, no, he says, you don't, have to re- you don't have to reverse them. They can actually say what appears to be opposite, and they're still consistent with themselves. Why? There's no contradiction. The rabbis, when it came to Kriyashma, when it came to Kriyashma, said anybody can decide to say Shema even though he's newly married, uh, and they're not worried about him being presumptuous. Why? Okay, and over here, but, but they are worried about a person being presumptuous and not working. Why? Here, what's everybody doing? Everybody is working, and he's not working. That looks like he's he's showing off. Okay, he's haughty. He's doing different. Everybody's everybody's working, and he's not working. over there, the The whole world. He's only he's only the groom. Everybody else is reading Shema that night. So him to join everybody, it doesn't look presumptuous. He's reading with them. That doesn't look like haughtiness. Again, I can say that is also not a kasha. No, the rabbis only worry about haughtiness when a person does different than everybody else, like in the case of work. But in the case of Krishna, he's doing the same. That's not called looking haughty. Rishon Gamliel is also not a contradiction. Hasam over there, why did he say that the chasen can't decide the sheishma? Who, the bin and kavan over there, the point of shema is that you need to have intention. It takes, it takes a lot of concentration. And we, we, so to speak, we testify. The norm is that a, that a newly married person is preoccupied with his mitzvahs and he's not going, and he's not going to be able to concentrate. So this person who says, wow, I can Concentrate on Shema. That looks like he's presumptuous. He, he's going against the. He's going against our front primary understanding. Here, here, with the guy doesn't work. It doesn't look like he's showing off. It doesn't hold like he's haughty. Everybody's going to say what the guy doesn't have any work to do. Look at how many people that are idle in the marketplace. He, not, we don't, he doesn't look like he's showing. He's not. He's not working. Have any work to do? What's the big deal? He has nothing to do. He doesn't want to. He, he's lazy. What's, who cares? There's a lot of people who don't work. It's not like we don't see him as saying. I'm a particularly righteous person. We learn in the Mishnah the following. We learned in Yehuda the minag was that they did malacha until midday. And, and the goal they didn't work all day long. They didn't work in the morning. They didn't work in the afternoon. Okay, okay. What about the night before? Okay, in a place let's say in a, in a place where they don't work on the fourteenth. How about the night of the fourteenth? says it's for, uh, they, say they forbid it. allow it. Until until daybreak, even though the day starts earlier, because we say the work they, they give various answers. Okay, says the Gemara. Uh, okay, Mikara, we have a problem. When I first started, okay, Tana, we said Minhaga, we talked about it's a place where. Well, a, they were talking about the minag. Here they do this, here they do that. It's a minag. Ula but at the end of our Mishnah, Tana, Isur, it says, Beishame says, Asr. Asr and Mutri. So is it, is it really, is it, is it a truly true decree that forbidden or permitted, or is it a minag? Make up your mind. Lokash says, don't worry. Huh? He says, he says, he says, in the beginning, okay, Rabbi Meir, that's Rabbi Meir holds what? Okay, where we holds it's really a matter of, of a custom. And ha, huh, but in the end, when we said at the end of a mission, it says it's forbidden or permitted, Rabbi Huda, that's Rabbi Huda who holds it, it's really what? It's a true pro it's a true prohibition, not merely a custom. The Tanya on Rabbi Huda, because Rabbi Huda says, you'll see Bihuda, he said, in in the in, in Judah, they used to work until noon, uh, up until noon, and the 
and in go, they don't work. Kolikor, they don't they don't work the whole day. Okay, not 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 morning and not afternoon, obviously. Amalur Mayor, so Mayor said to him, Ma Raya, what do you what do you bring me for? Who cares what they do? You you the Bagalokan, who cares what you the Galo do? Okay, Ella Mukum Shinagulas Malachos and here wherever the Minag was to do it, they do it. Mukum Shinagu Shalasas where the Minag was not to do, you don't do. So you see clearly the cover of Mayor Minhaga from the fact that Mayor was what's the argument? What's the whole argument? They all saying here they do, they, they don't what's going on. He insists from the fact that he stressed the point of Minhaga, Mechlada Yehuda Isurak must be Yehuda holds no that the rabbis Ramish decreed, okay, in other in other words, so he so he, uh, that Rabbi Yehuda really holds mm-hmm. what? That that they really answer it. It's a true it's a true prohibition. Okay, all right, so the Gemara says one second. So that's the argument. In other words, Rabbi Huda holds where it's also, it's, it's a true, pro, truly prohibited. And Rabbi Meir holds it's a minag. So one second, now you want to tell me that Rabbi Huda holds, okay, you told me, okay, holds, it's, it's a decree. But whatever it is, is it truly forbidden to do work? I'm going to show you from a halacha that he said that it's not forbidden to do malacha on the 14th. Well, Tanya, didn't we learn? You, uh, just to make it simple, you know that you know that new crops will, will become per, per, permitted by the Omer, that but Omer sacrifice that's bought on the 16th, the second day of, of Pesach. So, and, but it has to be something, the crop, in order to be permitted the, permitted by uh, 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 on the, by the sacrifice on the 16th, have to, has to have been wrong, has to have taken root by the 16th. So he said, well, Tanya didn't we learn, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, he says, okay, on the 13th of Nisan, if a person was 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 doing his weeding, and by mistake, yeah, he pulled up an actual stalk of what? Of wheat. Okay, so he can replant it on the 13th in a moist place, okay, because why? Because that's what we're going to know, because it's going to take root by the time the Omer comes and he'll be able to, and it'll be allowed by by virtue of the sacrifice of the 16th. They ain't show slaw, but he shouldn't, he shouldn't replant it in a dry place because it's not going to take root in order to, in time to be to to be uh, uh, allowed by the sacrifice on the 16th. I, okay, Bishloshus or in, but now but let's look what he said. He when did he allow you to do this on the 13th day of Nisan? In Barabbas Arlo on the 14th, he didn't say it. Why didn't he give you the example of the 14th? So therefore, Shamini Lerabi who the Dharma call okay, Mikadi, let's take a look. Shamini Lerabi who the Dharma call Kavashena Kaletas, Shoshia Mishuana Kaletas. Now we know that Rabbi Huda holds that anything doesn't take root in three days, it's not going to take root. So what? So but three so, so three days is the is the outside time for what? For taking root. The if the fourteenth is really permitted to do work, what Lamali Shloshus or why was the example of Yehuda replanting only on the thirteenth? Well, okay, he could have given the same example. If your point is what that you want to replant it in time to, to become permissible with the Omer, well, he, on the fourteenth itself, you have the fourteenth, the fifteenth, and part of the. And part of the sixteenth, okay, really, it's part of the fourteenth also, okay. But anyway, so okay, so therefore, so so I so so you see what it must be. The reason I didn't give the example of fourteenth, even though there's enough time to take root, it must be that he, that the reason he, he didn't give the example of fourteenth must be because he holds that the fourteenth is 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 forbidden. Yet Rabbi Huda gave example, said in Yehuda, Rabbi Huda holds in Yehuda, you're allowed to do work in the morning. They didn't. Uh, it's not, it's not forbidden. So Rabbi says, okay, you're right. So he was that, that case that we're talking about the Galil where it was forbidden to do work in the morning. So you get the example of the 13th. I says, so, one second. Even in the Galil, you still have the night before. Why'd you give the example of the 13th? You could, you, you could, you, even if you held that, the, that it, it's talking about, even if you're talking the Galil, where the 14th in the daytime is forbidden to work, but the nighttime you're allowed to, the nighttime you're allowed to do work. Okay, so okay, don't worry. So he's giving the example according to Beishamai. But that's hard to say that the Stam example he gave is 
going to be Shammai holds that if it's, if it's Asr in the morning, it's Asr at night to do work. It's hard to say. We simply, simply speaking, according to Beishamai, Ravashi Omar. So therefore, Ravashi says, "No, nah, I don't have to say it's Beishamai." Lo, let me get say Kebeisilo. Really, he was talking even according to Beishilo. If it's Beishilo, then the fourteenth of the night he also could have replanted it. Why? Lafisha ain't dark and Shabbat Eldon like Shabbat But he just didn't give the example because it's not normal. It's not normal. People out weeding their weeding their their plot. Uh, at nighttime. That's not what people do their weeding. So he gave the example of the 13th. It's the 14th in the day. It's forbidden. And even though the 14th of the night, it would be permissible, according to Be- like, like, like we said, according to Basil, but it's not a, not a normal case for him to give an example. Baruch Avino Amar, Avino said, La'olam bi'yehuda. He said, don't worry, we're talking even in Yehuda, okay? Therefore, I, where, where it's permissible to do work. I, so then why did he give the example of the 13th, not the 14th? Also, the 14th, you're allowed to plant. The answer is, because here's the issue. When it comes to taking root, we can say one time part of the day is like the whole day. But we don't say two times two parts of the, the part of a day is like the whole day. So since it's the 14th, you're going to have to say, to get three days, you're going to have to say part of the 14th, part of the 15th, and part of the 16th until they bring the sacrifice. So to say two times part of the day, we don't say two times part of the day. One time part of the day you can, that will be enough to take root, but not two times. So that, that, that we cannot say. Says the Mishnah, he says, any malacha where the person began before the 14th, he's allowed to finish, okay? And though it's what, even in a place where the minag is not to do malacha. But a person shouldn't start, uh, a person shouldn't start doing the doing the uh, work on the 14th, even though he can finish it, even even though even though he can finish it. So he can finish what he started on the 14th, but he can't start, uh, okay, even though he's even though he's able to even even though he's able to finish it, people are even able to finish it by, by midday. The rabbi said, come on, you know what? There are three types of two, three uh, crafts Three types of craftsmen that are allowed to do work on Erev Pesach, uh, okay, um, I- I- until midday, I- in every place, no matter what, because because their work is so important. And these are the three that you're allowed to do no matter what. Hayatim, tailors, vasaparim, barbers, vakosin, and people who wash clothing. He says, but also people who are going to make shoes. Okay, he bought and now what's the problem? What are you talking about? When you told me what, that I can do, that I can finish work, that I, I can't start work, but I can't finish what I started before, I don't know what the case is. Are you talking about for the sake of that something that I, or work that I need to, to do, to, to finish for, work that I need to finish for the, the yontav? But when, it, but when it's not for the sake of the, of the yontav that's coming, I can't even finish. In other words, in other words, the only thing you're, so this is a very, the, the only thing you're allowed to do is to finish. And even finishing is only if it's something for the moed. But if it's not for the moed, then you can't even finish it. Odilma, so that's one way. Odilma with the other way. is talking about what? Not for the sake of the, of the moed. We, even for not, even a job that's not for the yontav coming, you're allowed to finish. And when it's for the yontem, then you can even begin working on 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 the uh, on the 14th. Oh, that, that's a much more lenient. Oh, Dilma, no. It doesn't make a difference. When that we make, we don't care. Whether for the sake of the yontem or not for the sake of the yontem, it's always the same rule. Migmarin, you're always allowed to finish. And you're never allowed to start. Tashma, come up, bring you proof to one of these possibilities. Okay, we learned, we said in the Brisa, 
person shouldn't start any labor on the 14th, okay, afilu tziltzul, even a tziltzul cut, even a little belt, afilu shechabak tana, or even a little, a little, a little headband. Okay, my afila. What do you mean even? What's the point? You can't even do these things as opposed to other things, but which which are for sure you can't. Lavsha afilu honey l'tzorech hamoitz. Isn't it saying what even these things which we need for yontav? Okay, okay. Migmar in you're allowed to finish. Itchuli lo, but you're not allowed to start. Even things so therefore it's clear you can start. You, you, uh, okay, you can only okay. Uh, um, even things that are for yontav, even these things you can only finish and not start, even though it's sorech amoid mechlal shelolitzorech, which would imply that if it's not for the sake of the yontav, I'm not even allowed to finish it. Even these things that are for yontav, I'm only allowed to finish and not start. And the things not for yontav, I can't even I can't even finish. Lo says that doesn't prove any point. Okay, No, the answer I can say really what even not for the purpose of yontav, you're allowed to finish your job. You started before the fourteenth. Why did it say even these? What do you mean even this? If it's not even these which are for the moed, what does it mean even these? And he says, Even these which are very small, just a little a little belt or a little strap or a little headband, the which I might have thought, I would say here the beginning is the end. They're so they're such a small job, beginning and end are the same. So therefore I would be allowed to begin it. I'd be allowed to start them from the start. Even though these are little tiny jobs, I can only finish and I can't, and I can only finish and I can't can't start. But according to that, really, I had allowed to finish anything, even something that's not for the purpose of the moed. Toshma, again, I'll try and bring you a proof. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir, any melacha that's for the sake of Yontav, Gorom Rabbar Basar. Here it says it clearly, anything that's for the sake of the Yontav, you can finish on the 14th. Hey, okay, when is he allowed to finish it? On the 14th. Bizman shehit Only what, where he started it before the 14th. But if he didn't start it before the 14th, you can't start on the 14th. Even a little belt, even a little strap. Even a little headband. Okay, let's see clearly. And now it's clear as a bell. For the sake of the Yantaf, you can finish. If it's not for the sake of the Yantaf, you can't even finish it. Okay, that's clear proof. The says, nope. Nope, if it's even, we can say really, it's not like you. That even when it's not for the purpose of the Yantaf, you're still allowed to finish it. Let's me know that it just wants to let me know that even when it comes to the for the moed, the, the main point is what? Even when it's for the moed, you can still only finish, but you can't start. So I'm still stuck. Tashma, come up bring your proof. Rabbi Meir says, well, Any melacha that's for the sake of the yontav, you're allowed to finish it on the 14th. And if it's not for the tzachamoyed, you can't. And we do melacha on the 14th until midday, any place where that is the minag. In a place where that's the minag, okay, you can. Okay, and if it's not the minag, to work in a place where nothing like you can't, and therefore what you can't and if it's in a place where you don't work, you can't even you can't even uh, you can't even finish. Okay, so therefore what? But in any case, we learned that whatever is what we said, but what's for the tzorchamod you can't finish. Mami no. So therefore, okay, therefore we hear clearly that what it's what we originally learned before that what the tzorchamod in for the sake of the yontav yes, and when it's not for the sake of the yontav no. Okay. That's only only then and only then can you finish here. So therefore, what you can only finish for the sake of the moid and 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 for, and, uh, and can't start. And if it's not for the sake of the moid, you can't even finish. Uh, we said so We said the rabbi said no. There are three jobs, three types of craftsmen can do their work 
no matter what. Okay, why is it? Why are they allowed to do it? Tell no, we learn. Hayatim she can't. Why? Why are why are tailors allowed to do the work on the fourteenth? She can't head you. Okay, because the assumption is that the that the that the prohibition on the fourteenth is less severe. Then the prohibition of Cholamoid. Cholamoid, the rabbis had to tell us uh, what, what, uh, which malachas are mutter, which malachas are asar. So the 14th is going to be less severe. So we learn Tanam, we learn Chayotim, okay, okay, that what, why are tailors allowed to do, what, what, why do we, what, pardon me, we learn the rabbis, so why are tailors allowed to do the work on the 14th? Shekane hedyo, tofer gedartach, b'chol shalmoid. Because a non-tailor, a, no, a non-professional, during, during Cholamoid, he can sew up whatever he has to sew up. So if we see that what, that, that, that everybody who's not professional is allowed to sew up something on 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 uh, during Cholamoid. So then on the fourteenth, where it's less severe, so then even the even the tailors can sew. Asaparim bakovsin. Okay, the same thing when it comes to barbers or to people who, who wash clothing. There's a whole group of people on on Cholamoid who are allowed to wash and allowed to cut their hair because we learn If a person came back from overseas and he didn't have time to do these jobs, or a person came out of jail didn't have time to do these jobs. Jobs, okay, before Yontav, Mesapri and Machapsin, they're allowed to cut their hair and they're allowed to wash their clothing, but Cholashamoid, even though it's Cholamoid. So, therefore, since again, there's a whole group of people who can do it, so therefore we can be, we can be lenient with the launderers and the, and the hair cutters on, on the 14th. Yasmin Yudon Mary says, no, Afarat Sani says, you know what, even people who make shoes are allowed to make them on the 14th. Why? She can't, oh, they were going to Metakimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
Okay, and you can you can take you can take and throw it out. and 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 You can just push it to the sides. You can bring utensils and bring them back from the house of the craftsman. Even though you don't need them for yontif. Okay, we have to see what that is. Hashda, okay, says the Gemara, the receiving Mosvina, and if you already told me what, that I'm allowed to put the eggs under the chicken to start with, Adure me baya, is there any question that I can put the chicken back? <laughs> Obviously, I'm allowed to, I gotta hatch the eggs. Amar Abaya, he says, Seifa Asan the He said, You're right, the end, okay, when it talks about putting the chicken back, it's actually talking about Cholomites. We, we learned the way we're saying now. On the 14th, you can put the chicken, you can put the eggs under the chicken to, to hatch them, and on Cholomite, you can. Return the chicken to the eggs. The whole idea what, of that we said that you're allowed to put the chicken back, it has to be within three days of when it ran away. Okay, because it's still, it hasn't lost its will to, uh, to, to hatch eggs. But also have to have run away after it's already been hatching uh, for eggs for three days. Why? Because then, because then you're going to lose the eggs completely. After three days, it's already, it's already, it's already started to, uh, it's already started to, um, uh, what's the word, to grow the chick. Okay, and, and, no, and, and you can't eat the eggs. Or the process already started, there's no way to, to use those eggs except to hatch them. But once it's after three days after it ran away, okay, the parklet simra, you know, it's already, it's, it's already, its desire to hatch has already gone away, okay? Or if it ran away before it had been hatching for three days, where the eggs aren't completely. Um, Aren't completely uh, inc- are, haven't really started to incub- truly incubated. They changed. They're not so great to eat, but they're still edible if a person is not if a person is not uh, nervous. So if it's within three, where there's not a complete loss, we don't we don't put the chicken back. Okay, Rabbi. Okay, Rabbi Ami. Okay, uh, Rabbi Ami disagreed. Omar. He said he disagreed. He said no. Even even if it ran away within three days or when it started to, to sit, you can still put it back. Why? But my What's the argument? Mar. See, it's Rav Huna who said what that within three you can't put it back. Because we only worry about a big loss. You can marry. You're going to lose your eggs. You're allowed to. You're allowed to do the work. Okay. So, but that's a big loss. But what's a what's a big loss? If already they've already they've truly started to hatch. Okay. Nobody can eat them. So then that's a big loss. You're allowed to put the chicken back. You have to let it go forward and hatch. Okay, but for a small a small loss, where with it's in three days that really people can still eat them, but some people just don't want to eat them, so they're just they're going to they're going to sell for less, but they're still edible. We don't worry about it. Therefore, to do the work of putting the putting the putting the chicken back on it, we don't do because you're not going to have a complete loss, only a smaller loss. Okay, and but Umar, but Rabbi Ami who said no, even within three days you got to put the chicken back. So we'll have say muat nami that the rabbis were worried on that even for a, a small loss, even though the eggs are going to sell, but sell for cheap. Okay, that's still enough reason to say that you're allowed to do the work on Kolomite, take the trouble of putting the chicken back on the eggs. We said in the same Mishnah, we said you can, you, can, you can rake out the dung from under the animal's feet and throw it out, okay? In the beginning, we learned, so we learned that dung in the courtyard, you can, you can get rid of it. Pardon me. Dung in the courtyard, you push to the sides. But dung in the barn, okay? And in the courtyard, you can take it all the way out to the garbage. You see, from the first line to the second, it's contradictory. First it said that the dung in the the yard, you push it aside, and the second one compared it to the barn and said you can take it all the way outside. He goofa, goofa, kasha. This is a self contradiction.
description. Zevosh Shabbos Besachnas Leitzadim. You said that the that the dung in the courtyard you can push to the side. Vahada Tani. Then you told me Shabbos Rechatzeh that in the barn and in the and in the courtyard. Matzina Salashba, you uh, you uh, you take it out to you take it out to the uh, you take it out to the garbage. So make up your mind. Okay, Amar, first you told me push it aside, then you told me take it all the way out to the garbage. Amar Lokasha, he says that's a, not a contradiction we can't solve. Kan when did we say what? When did we say that what you can take it all the way out to the garbage? That's on the fourteenth. Kan when did we say they have to push it to the side? That's in Cholamoy, where the rule is more severe. Rav Amar said, no, I don't have to solve it that way. I don't have to say two different days. I could say both these cases were Both of them were talking about Cholamoy. This is what it said. In if the courtyard became so so full of dung that it's like the refes where the animals stand, okay, and there's no place, but then even the courtyard, I'm not to take it all the way out to the garbage. We said, we learned in the mission, I can take, I can take utensils and bring them back from the house of the craftsmen. Papa Badiklon, he says, so he says, he says, so Papa said, Badiklon Rava. Rava tested us to see if we know how to answer the question. Here's the question he asked us. Tanan, we learned, he says in the Mishnah, we can take and bring back the utensils from the house of the craftsmen. Even though, okay, we understood that one. Even though what? Even though we don't need it for the Moed. We don't, we don't need it for the Yontem. Reminu, I, we, we have a contradictory Mishnah, we learned, in, in Moed Kat, namely, in Kerimesa Uman, you're not allowed to bring utensils back from the house of the craftsmen. And if I'm afraid they're going to be stolen, then if I don't take them back, okay, so now I can put them into a close-by courtyard uh, that's close-by to the craftsmen, but I'm not allowed to bring it uh, all the way back to his own house, okay? So I got a problem, and our Mishnah learned that I can bring them back on Cholabayd, and over there it said what? That, that, that I'm not allowed to bring them all the way back. The best I can do is put them someplace close by. And so we answered him to answer the contradiction. How come I cut and says, I can't bring them home? And, the, and over by us we said we can't bring them home. Lokasha, it's not a difficulty we can't solve. Khan Barbasar, when did we say you can bring them all the way home? That's on the 14th. Khan, when did we say you, have to, you can't take them home? Or at the best you can put them someplace close. But that's talking which is a more stringent rule. People say, another possible way to, to reconcile the apparent contradiction. I could say like this that both these cases, both our mission that said you can bring them home, the, uh, okay, and the mission of Moed Kut, which said you can't bring them home, they're both talking about I have a Lokash, it's still not contradictory. Khan Bimamino, and our mission is the case where I trust the I trust the craftsman that he's not going to he's not going to sell it to somebody else or he's not going to charge me twice. Khan Mamino. And here by here in Moed Cotton is talking is here at part, I'm sorry. In Moed Cotton it's talking where he where he trusts the, the craftsman, okay, he's not gonna sell it or get rid of it, etc., or not gonna charge him. Khan Bishano Mamino. And here in 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 Moid Kutton, it's part in our in our Mishnah of Psachim where he says you can bring him back is where he doesn't trust the craftsman, therefore he's let to bring it all the way home. I have a hard time, you may be in Kelimon. One second, that's way how you want to answer me. Didn't we learn that I can bring things back from the house of the craftsman, Kagona Kadmi Besakada, for example, so the pot from the potter. Okay, but Kosmin Azagag and the cup from the from the glass worker, I will load but I cannot bring wool back from the house of the dyer, because I don't need that for Cholamoid. Locating me and not utensils from the house of the craftsman. Vim says, and if the craftsman doesn't have what to eat, he needs the parnasa, no then I pay him, but I still leave the he needs he needs he has to live. So I pay him, I pay him, but I still leave but I still leave the Leave it there. And if he doesn't trust 
the craftsman if I don't trust him, I put it by a place that's close by. If I'm afraid that what that it's going to be stolen from the house of the craftsman, I can bring it back quietly in a quiet way to his house. Okay, so therefore we see from the brayso that there's a difference uh, that there's a difference between if I believe him uh, or I don't believe him. Even what? Even by us. And the, what? The, and here, we here. We're going to explain the kasha. Here's the kasha. Teiratzda. Now you told me what may be in. Okay. Okay. So he says what your your solution that you said by believing and not believing. You said that's good when you talked about what about bringing things back. Okay. That you solved. That's good. You're right. That we did learn. Whether I can bring them or not. Okay. To whether whether I can bring them home or not. That depends. Do I trust the guy? I don't trust the guy. But malich and kasha. But what? What? Why? Is, we didn't see a difference. Why? By bringing them. Where's the, where's the point? You solved the problem of bringing them home. Okay, there you're right. Whether I believe him or don't believe him. Sorry. Okay, but, but, but where'd you solve the problem of bringing them? Okay, diktani, ain may be in Mikoshkein de Malichin. Okay, so the answer, because uh, we, learned, we learned in my cotton, you can't bring him, and certainly you can't bring him back. Okay, and therefore, but, but by us, we learned that what? And I can bring them. So therefore, what al In order to solve the two the, the two mishnayos, I have to give the original answer. What that in our mission we're talking on the fourteenth, and therefore you you're allowed to both bring it and bring it back. And I'm on cotton. It's talking chalamayid where I can't bring it or bring it back. And that's a simple solution. Yeah, I can't use the no because the solution of the difference you trusting him or not will only solve the problem of bringing things home, but it won't prob- solve the problem of bringing it to the craftsman from the outside. And that is a uh, thank you very much.